Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's Zurich Classic presented by our friends over at Jock Market. More on that in just a few minutes. But over the course of the next hour or so, I'm here to answer any questions that you might have about this week. And it is a week that is uh, very unique. The only team event that we get on the PGA Tour schedule, we haven't had it since 2019. There's a lot of questions. There might not be so many answers. Hey, what's the cut line? If it's a one and done, do I have to burn both golfers? All that stuff. This is the time and place. So throw your questions in the chat right now, and I will do my best to answer them logically. Let's do it. Um, Craig says, okay, I'll admit it. I have no freaking clue how to play DFS golf this week. Pricing seems steep. Is this a balanced type of week? So uh, what I'm going to show you is, and everything you see is going to be from rickrungood.com. I have the cheat sheet here. This week, I did my best when possible to combine the teams into one stat. So normally on the website, there are, you know, obviously individual stats for every single player. I took the opportunity this week in places that I could Combine them. So we have averages. So the cheat sheet shows you the combined stats for these players. And Craig is right. The pricing is top heavy, I guess is the best way to put it. We've probably never had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine golfers over $10,000 before. Um, we have four teams that are over $11,000. And because of that, they, they did not even, they also didn't lower the min, right? So the min pricing is still. 6,000. So there's 80 teams out there, 160 golfers in general. So I think Craig, um, I think most people are going to go for a more balanced build, but I would actually argue that with the volatility of this week and kind of the randomness that is best ball and alternate shot, we can talk about that format in a second. Um, I would rather go stars and scrubs. I think you're going to see names in the top 10 that are very strange. Uh, there is, there's just a lot of luck in this format. There's a lot of skill, of course, and there's a lot of luck as well, depending on which holes you birdie, which holes your partners, partner birdies, all that good stuff. If they're able to save you with a par. So I I'm actually under the impression that the, the better build is, is, um, two two ten 10 K plus, and then go and find some value. Brian says, Brian says one and done. Must burn two on the same team. Okay. Thoughts on equity and using Xander Cantlay, or is it better to hold on to them as individuals? Yeah, that would be tough to burn them both, I think. Thoughts on team PXG, Kokrak, and Perez. Yeah, I think Kokrak and Perez, is, they're fine. I'm not all that excited about it. I like Kokrak, Kokrak more than I like Perez. I do think it's really tough to burn both Xander and Cantlay in a format that would only get you, and I'm assuming the scoring, you're not getting... Like, like the winner's share is a million bucks each. If you burn both of them, do you get 2 million bucks? I doubt that. And also with the, the volatility for this week, I would, uh, likely save those guys. So Kokrak and Perez is fine. I would opt for more. Like, I think my, my just kind of in a vacuum favorite one and done play this week is Brendan Todd, Chris Kirk. I think they set up well for this. They are two golfers who went to Georgia. They have uh, complementary skill sets and you're probably unlikely to use them individually anywhere else. So I, I think to me, they're like my favorite one and done pick for this week. Um, I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I think that's strategically a pretty good play. 
with Suture, uh, that's Zach. I believe he says it's Suture or Sucre. I can't remember how he pronounces that. Not being added to the player pool. Does that mean Hearn gets all the points? Lock City? No. So, all right. Let me just let me just back up for a second here. So, what DraftKings has done is they have put each. Uh, so you can only pick one player from each team. You cannot roster them both. And each teammate is the same exact price as the other teammate. So it doesn't matter if you want to play Cantlay and Shoffley. It doesn't matter who you choose. Just choose one of them. They're going to get the same number of points throughout there. There's, there's no way for DraftKings to be like, okay, especially in the alternate shot. How would you, how would you determine what fantasy points um, Cantlay earned and what Xander earned in alternate shot. It, it just, it's not going to happen. So they said, okay, every, the teams are getting the same exact, each partner is getting the same exact amount of points. So no, Tim. So what happened here is Seamus Power was David Hearn's partner. And I loved that group. I got to tell you, Seamus Power was out here at Paiute. It's in Las Vegas. It's the Corn Ferry Tour last week. I watched him for a while. He was striping it, finished inside the top 10 and got COVID. So he tested positive. He's out. So that means David Hearn got placed with Zach Suker. Uh, Hearn would have gotten the same number of points no matter what. And it doesn't matter if his partner is not in the player pool because you only have to choose one of those guys. The other thing, just while we're talking format, um, there was a lot of questions about the cut line. The cut line is 33 end ties. I might have earlier in the week said 35 end ties. Uh, That is what was on the media website. So that is what I pass along to you. If there's a big difference in your strategy between 33 and uh, and and 35 end ties, uh, you're probably doing your research wrong. Additionally, um, the format first first and third rounds are going to be four ball. That means best ball. That means player A uh, plays their own ball, player B plays their own ball, and whoever has the lower score on that hole is the score for the team. Rounds two and four is alternate shot. That is also called foursomes. That is uh, where player A hits the first shot, player B hits the second shot, player A hits the third shot. They're only playing one ball. Uh, That's a much more difficult um, format. I believe, I believe the course record, I believe, I believe that's like, uh, what's that guy's name? That big cartoon chicken, foghorn, leghorn. Um, I believe uh, the course or the record for this format in four, sums alternate shot is like a 65 and the course and the, and the record for four ball is like 60 and it's been shot multiple times. It's, it's going to be low scoring. Um, wow. Okay. So first of all, DFS reds, uh, drops in a big, uh, super chat, which is much appreciated. Uh, this DFS reds went out and won like 120 grand or something like that last week. It's good to have you in the chat. He says, thanks again for last week. Couldn't have done it without you or without uh, your tools and videos. It is always good to see um, members of the community, people who, you know, on varying levels of taking this seriously, right? Some people take it, uh, do this very casually and try to have lottery tickets. Some take it more seriously. And it's always good to see those massive, massive uh, payouts at the top. So DFS Reds, you certainly did not have to send this. It is much appreciated. I'm I'm absolutely stoked for you. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you, I hope you do something fun with it. I hope it's, I hope it's everything for you. So um, thank you very much. It's that's awesome. Hank Hill says, have any sub seven, uh, 7,500 teams grown on you this week? Yeah. All right. So let's look at this. So the cheat sheet, 
Boom, boom, boom. We're going to go down under 7,500. I tried to zoom in a little bit. I'm working on making this a little bit easier. So I think the most logical one right here is Neesmith and Seifert. This is a team that we've kind of been tracking for a while. I was big on Seifert uh, last week. He he did make the cut. He didn't uh, play all that well on the weekend, but he's now made five cuts in a row. So we can go down and we can see what he's up to, which is here we go. Five cuts in a row, a third place finish at the Honda Classic. I like him. He's a very solid player. He's fine. And especially when you get down in this range, he's better individually than probably a lot of these other guys. Well, then you also get to combine him with Matthew Neesmith. So Neesmith is known for one thing, and it is his approach game. He is number two on the PGA Tour in greens and regulation. He is number seven in strokes gained approach. He is number five in tee to green. There are few golfers in this range that you get with an elite skill set like strokes gains approach. Uh, and here we've got one. And he's partnered with a really solid golfer. So I think that's the most logical one is the Seifert Neesmith group. I will also tell you the Warinsky Peter Uline group. Um, Warinsky has missed three cuts in a row. Take that for what it is. This is a different format. Uh, you know, he played well for a bit before that, and he's kind of a streaky guy anyway. So I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm all that concerned about his three missed cuts. It was the, the fourth start ago was a fourth place finish at the API, and he had made five consecutive in there as well. The guy I'm kind of much more excited about is, is Peter Uline. And again, um, he he played out here in Vegas last week. I went and watched a lot of this. He won. He won the Corn Ferry. It was so windy here last week. Um, you had to be absolutely flushing it to hit good shots, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, not only did he win that event, he had a runner-up on the Corn Ferry like three starts prior to that. Also, you guys know how I feel about this. The bl- the, the line between the corn fairy tour and the PGA tour has never been more blurry, especially in a year where no player lost their tour card. So, um, these guys on the PGA tour are, or excuse me, on the corn fairy tour are legit. It's a very stout competition. And Peter Uline's been playing very well. So that's another team, Hank Hill. Um, another team that I think is vaguely interesting from, for a lot of different reasons is, is the Garnett Scott Stallings, Scott, wow. Scott Stallings group. You can see they are uh, combined. These are their combined metrics. They are within a hundredth of zero in all four strokes gain categories. They are the most average PGA Tour player. That's kind of a good thing in this format. You know, you're not really deficient in one area. You might not be great at another one, but two average PGA Tour players, like this is a pretty decent format for that. Um Yeah. So those are three. I could probably go on. I'm sure there's other questions about guys that are deeper, but thanks for uh, checking in Hank Hill. Denver Timmy says, what does ownership look like for Neesmith and Seifert? And uh, we would love a Mina pick. So I think that's my wife. I believe she picked Terrell Hatton and uh, Danny Willett. Maybe she can text me and let me know. I think she's watching right now, but I think that's who she picked. Uh, I also like them quite a bit. Uh, I don't, I don't know why she likes them, but that's why I I, I like them as well. Uh, What does ownership look like? So I do have projected ownership in here. I think, and we can talk about that. This is going to be harder than ever to uh, pro- project this ownership. I have Neesmith and Seifert at 18%. Yeah, my wife said, uh, there's something about that Danny, which I think she thinks he's cute or something. I'm assuming that's what that means. Um, I have Neesmith and Seifert at 18%. They are projected to be some of the highest owned groups. Um, Doug Gim and Justin Suh. 27%. They're the, my highest projected team. John Rahm and Ryan Palmer, Neesmith and Seifert. They're both around 18. EVR, Wyndham Clark checking in 
on that list as well. Thoughts on stream? Oh, sorry. I didn't, I always forget. I didn't show you this here. Here's well, I'll leave this up while I answer the next question. Here was the ownership. Gim 27. There you go. Thoughts on the Streelman Fratelli team. Hey, I actually like this team. I think they are much more volatile than most. So these guys individually are poppers, right? They do, they do the 80, 20 rule. They make 80% of their FedEx cut points of their money of their, whatever in 20% of their starts. Um, you know, Fratelli pops up and goes top five at the November, uh, November masters. And he played well at the players championship top, top 25 there. And he had another top 10 somewhere else as well. And then streelman has been doing this for a decade. Streelman for a decade is like miscut, miscut runner up, um, 56th, 57th, 35th, third, like, like he just like pops up all the time. So I think you put them together. They're kind of two streaky golfers that could get going in the right direction. And they could, uh, I think make a bit of noise here. Dan, the man says, Rick, what's the lowest salary team you'd be willing to put a, a lineup in on this week? Good question. Um, I, pretty low. I'm, I'm telling you guys, like this is a pretty volatile format. Um, you're going to see names that are pretty nuts at the top. I mean, that shame is power. David Hearn team. Now they're not playing together this week because power is out, but they had, they have back-to-back top tens here, right? Like you're going to see names on the first page of the leaderboard that are pretty wonky. Um, there is a case to be made about the lowest team that I'd be willing to do is Peter Malnati and Chris Baker. They're $6,200. Uh, Malnati is an absolute psychopath right? He is, uh, he is a guy who will go out and make five birdies in a row offset with six bogeys, make three more birdies, make two double. Like he's a nut. That's awesome in this format. And then Chris Baker, uh, he popped up in terms of, I want to say he's like, a he's played well on Pete Dye courses in the past. This is a Pete Dye course. So that's the, I mean, there's obviously a lot of flaws with that team. They're 6,200, but there's a case to be made about that team. Otherwise, uh, yeah, that's probably the lowest I'd go. I was trying to see if there's anybody else I'd be really comfortable with. No, probably not. Thanks, Dan, for the question. Uh, thank you for your insight as always. Thank you. Um, if you had to choose between these three teams, Kokrak, Perez, EVR, and Clark, or Gimsa, what would you choose? Uh, I think the answer has to be Gim and Su. So here's the other thing that I did this week is I went over to the course key stats tool and at the bottom where these are normally individual golfers and you can choose how many rounds you would like to sort by, I went with uh, teams. I combined them, which I thought was pretty slick. So if you do this and I just got, you know, last 50 rounds in here uh, and sort by birdie percentage, which is going to be important this week. You got to make a ton of them. Doug Gim and Justin Suh are fourth. Uh, now they don't have as many rounds as everybody else, but this is a pretty scary kind of freewheeling team. I know they are going to garner a ton of ownership, so maybe that scares me there. But uh, based on your question and based on the three options that you've given me, I think it is still probably them. Esteban, welcome, says, what do you think about the M on team? Um, yeah, so I kind of joked. I have shoes from, I don't know if you guys can see them behind me. I have shoes from uh, both of them at, at uh what was that event? FedEx St. Jude. Uh, and I, and I joked on Twitter, like if they win, I'll give these shoes out. They're autographed. They're from the event, all that stuff. I think I'm safe. I think I'm safe in, in holding on to these shoes. Um, so here's the problem and let's, let's, let's just dive into this. So here's the Holy grail and we will go by, let's start with Sung Jay who is trying to figure out his irons, right? When we saw him at, at, at kind of peak powers at the end of 2020, 
Uh, he was gaining strokes on approach constantly. Well, he just had this stretch of golf from Phoenix to the Masters where he essentially did not gain any strokes on approach. That is super scary in a format where you have to make a ton of birdies. Now, the good thing with Sungjae is off the tee, he's off the tee, he's awesome, and he's a great putter, which is incredibly valuable in this format. So I'm I'm kind of like a six out of ten in terms of excitement on Sungjae alone. And then you go to Ben on. This is where things start to go sideways. Um, we know he is historically not a good putter, but we've also kind of lost other parts of his game. So here's this stretch of golf where Benny on was doing Benny on things. Awesome from T to green routinely gaining seven, eight, nine strokes from T to green and giving them all away putting. That is what we expect from Ben on. Well, now he's still giving them away putting and he's not doing the T to green stuff, which is troublesome. He's, he's missed four cuts in a row. His last top, his last, his last finish inside the top 35 was in January. So I'm, I'm worried about this team Esteban. I think that Sung Jae would have to carry a lot of the load here. Um, I'm not quite sure he's prepared to do that with the current state of his game, but I'm like a five out of 10, maybe four out of 10 in terms of excitement level. Uh, real quick, there is, so I, I want to make this annou- announcement. This, this video is presented by jock market, which I just love beyond belief. There is no jock market for golf this week. Uh, that does not mean there is not jock market happening, right? They've got, NBA going on. They've got MLB going on. I think they even have NHL going on. This is stock market DFS. This is where you can buy and sell and trade athletes over the course of uh, while the game is happening and you can get returns. I mean, I'll show you the returns from last week at the RBC Heritage. So Stuart Sink in Wednesday night's IPO, which is how it works for golf. He was $4.40. He paid out the full $25 a share. That's a $20 profit per share. You could add one share. You could add 100 shares of them. Same thing with HV3 and Emiliano Grillo. Uh, all three of these guys closed Wednesday night around $4, $4.5, and they all paid out more than $18 on their final payout. So this is a really cool, fun way to play fantasy, especially during the event. Uh, no golf this week, but that does not mean there is not any um, – Jock market's going on. And also, I'm going to create some promotional videos for them. So if you have any questions or want things to be explained, please give me a holler and I will work on those as well. Um, Okay. Oh my gosh. John. So first of all, very, very, another very generous super chat. John, thank you very much. So John says, thanks for all you do, Rick. We've come a long way since the outlaw days. We have actually, this was just, I think the one year anniversary today of, um, the t- do you remember John when there was so outlaw tour became the thing during during quarantine and they were the first like golf back and they were live streaming the rounds with like featured groups and the one guy who was supposed to film it uh, I guess got drunk and missed the tea time or whatever so like they had to scramble I mean that's that was just perfect outlaw days it was perfect quarantine stuff I appreciate all the support uh, we have come a long ways and hopefully we have a long ways to go I think that this industry is. Uh, booming, and I'm I'm just stoked to be stoked to be a part of it. Okay, let me find my spot here. This is a total crapshoot, and I love it. Yeah, uh, right. Let's do it. Embrace it. Embrace it. JG says, "Is this one of the five worst courses on tour? Which do you think is the worst?" Oh my god. I guess it depends on what you mean by worst. Um, let me look at the schedule. I think, it, like, listen, it's the PGA Tour. All these courses are you'd love to play them, right? Like, there's no poor conditioned courses. 
I guess some of them are better than others. Um, man, I don't know. They go to a lot of great places. Country Club of Jackson, it's a it's a well-maintained course. I find it a bit uninspiring. Sorry, I don't know if I should say that. Um, you know what I also don't particularly like are the resort courses. So like what we get for Bermuda and Punta Cana, like when I, when my wife and I, when we were on our honeymoon, we were in Mexico, we played a resort course that probably could have hosted a PGA tour event. And it was awesome. But like these guys just go out there. It's, I don't like it for the, for those guys. I like it for me. Uh, but I mean, these are, uh, there's so many good courses, I guess by default, maybe this is one of the worst, but it's a Pete Dye course. It's in a, a portion of the, of the country. We don't see a lot. I don't know. They're all great, man. Let's do a deep dive on Hickok and Robbie Shelton as a dart throw at 6,100. Okay. I've, I've literally not considered, uh, either of these guys this week. So how could we do this? We could do this a couple of ways. So we could go to the course key stats and let me just like find them. So there's 6,100. So here they are. I'm hoping you guys can see this. Actually, maybe I'll sort the other way so you guys can see this a little bit better. Okay. So here they are. Um, last 50 rounds, they don't do all that. They don't do much all that well. They lose about a half a stroke per round combined. They are better birdie makers than guys in their range, which is good. They make less pars and they make more bogeys. I mean, they're so here's what I'll say. And we can look at these guys uh, even individually as well. Real quick here. Shelton and Hickok. Hickok's a good driver of the ball, I believe, if, I rem- if I'm remembering that correctly. And he better be because Shelton is uh, pretty terrible throughout. Yeah, look at this. I mean, he's lost strokes off the tee. In like seven of eight, uh, he's missed a bunch of cuts. I do not like that at all. And the other one is Hickok, who I actually did like for a while. Yeah, I lost that driver, lost the approach. Game. I, I, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to endorse this outside of literally just a dart throw. Um, that's, that's the way that I see it. <clears throat> how do you come up with your points projections each week? Um, how much time do you have? This is multiple years, uh, constantly being tweaked, constantly being back tested. Uh, it is a combination of recent form, uh, long-term form course history, um, the ability to make like birdies, right? Like that's a, the the way things are actually weighted for fantasy scoring. Uh, there is also uh, ceilings and and uh, floors related to projections because if someone's just giving you like a one median projection, especially in a course as difficult or excuse me, a a, a sport as volatile as golf, um, I think that's doing you a disservice. So I kind of like to do the ceiling and the floor as well. Um, I could spend nine hours describing this and I'm not sure we would scratch the surface on it. It is just a, a process many years in the making. Mm. What PGA tour player would I choose to play with in this format? Good question, Colin. So whoever I play with, we have no chance. So maybe I'll just go with the guy that I think would be like awesome. Like watching DJ play would be cool because he's great and he makes it look easy. Um, watching Bryson play would be kind of nuts and surreal at the same time. But if I was taking this seriously, I would need a good putter, someone to cover up my, my, uh, my woes. I would need a short game guy like a Mackenzie Hughes would probably be a great fit for me. Um, I'm okay off the tee. I'm okay with my irons. The closer I get, uh, I struggle. So maybe like a Mackenzie Hughes would probably be good for me. 
Giving a look at the course key stats, nothing seems to be jumping off the page. Yeah, so here's the thing. This this course key stats tool, my my model that I run that I love, that shows you what the most important stats are, basically says there's not really a strong correlation to any one stat. Driving accuracy was the most important, but it is... Uh, it's below average. So really there are no strong correlations this week and that's fine. That that's okay. So, um, yeah, I would just say ball strikers, putters, guys that have good recent form guys that can go nuts, right? Guys like I don't mind Sam Burns. I think there's a question coming up about Sam Burns and, and, um, and Billy Horschel. So we can talk about him there, but like guys with a lot of upside, it's okay. If you're, if this guy makes a lot of bogeys because his partner's probably going to save him a lot. So I'm okay with that. <clears throat> Oh, this is an interesting question. So after review, so yeah, so so Tyler kind of came to a similar thought process that I did about not being thrilled about Benny On and Sungjae. Do you like Hovland and Ventura in a tourney matchup? Uh, I like Hovland. I, I do think this is a very comfortable to pairing. These guys played together at Oklahoma State. Ventura's best part about him, I believe, is the short game. Let me confirm that. You know, he has not had the start to 2020 that he was looking for. Yeah, he's a really good putter. Um, struggles in, in most other places. He does gain off the tee. So I would I, I do find that to be more interesting than the than the on M team. I think this is more natural, uh, if that makes sense. How much do you downgrade Billy Horschel for the outcast tweet? Maybe I upgrade him. He's he's feeling it. He's feeling good about himself. Billy Horschel. He's 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 uh playing well at the moment. Okay. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so Peters and Lewis. So this is a good question here. There, I had them last time I checked. They were one of the lowest owned guys I had here. Yeah, not. Uh, I have them coming in at three percent. They are ninety two hundred, and this this nine thousand dollar range. It's kind of a dead zone for for ownership because a lot of people are going to opt to go up, and then they're probably not going to have enough to go into the $9,000 spot. And I should be showing you my screen when I do this. So there is a dead zone of projected ownership right here in the 9K range. And Peters and Lewis, listen, the Euro guys, they thrive on formats like this. Peters, I think, is better than a lot of people want to give him credit for, uh, even though he hasn't won as much. I mean, when he came out, he was just so highly touted with the with the raw talent. And Tom Lewis can get around as well. So this is, um, this is, I believe, an interesting team here in the 9K range. I just think a lot of builds are going to naturally avoid that spot, Alex. Do you think throwing single bullets has better odds or worse odds this week. Seems like only 80 teams. So people who max out have better odds than usual. It's an interesting question, Milton. I would have to think about that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends. Like people who max out doesn't mean they're better and it doesn't mean they have better odds. I also think this is a more volatile week. So I, I would probably agree with the side that single bullets have a better chance. Uh, especially single bullets that might be leaving money on the table, I think is probably good. I mean, I don't know. What was the optimal last week? I think it cost $46,000 or something like that. I can try to pull it up. Uh, it was pretty cheap. And I think we're going to see something similar this week, or at least where you're going to have one or two teams with like single digit ownership. Yeah. Last week was 46,100 was the optimal lineup. It, it scored 646 points and would have won obviously everything. Castro and Tringale look like they cover all the bases. Yeah. So let's go to this page here. So Tringale has been awesome. Let's, let's, 
start there. He's been awesome. He's been one of the most improved players in the last 18 months. I have absolutely no problem with that. He is playing with Roberto Castro, who does not have a ton of measured rounds. So while he does look like he checks everything off, understand that that is probably because he has a very small sample size. Let me just confirm that real quick. Yeah. So this calendar year and this season, he's only played three times. He has missed the cut at AT&T and he made the cut at, in both Puerto Rico and Punta Cana. Uh, that's all we've seen of him, at least on the PGA tour. So uh, understand that that is a very small sample size that you might be entering into. Rick, with so much talent concentrated into higher salary teams, is it even more critical to focus on low ownership teams? For sure. I mean, it's very easy to miss the cut here, right? Even if you are one of the top teams. Um, you know, alternate shot particularly is, it's devastating. And if you're constantly out of position or one guy's not playing well, you have no chance of scoring. And I think that when you combine that with the kind of luck aspect of, best ball where you got to make a lot of birdies and you got to make them on separate holes. It's very easy to miss the cut. I'm, I would certainly play an ownership game this week. If you're using an optimizer, if you're using a lineup builder, which by the way, um, both my lineup, op- my lineup optimizer and my lineup builder, I tried to make it easier for you guys to make teams. Cause I zeroed out one player from each team, which would in theory, uh, make sure that it doesn't pick both guys. So I was trying to make that a little bit easier for you. Uh, I would probably cap ownership at some number. Would favoring teams where one guy is solid on par threes and the other guys on par fives be overthinking it? Probably. Yeah. There are some teams. So I wish I had this in front of me. We talked about it on the First Cup podcast this morning. Uh, You can go back and watch it. Mark Immelman, um, he had it broken down for like, okay, you know, the front nine is best for like, you know, if, if, or I'm sorry, if, if you're, if your best driver tees off on, the odd number holes, for example, you can make you can really make some hay. So there, there's a lot of strategy here. I think it's more about what holes they're teeing off on than the par three, par five thing. I'd have to go look at the scorecard again. Again, I don't have it in front of me. Um, it, one and done says Happy Gilmore. First of all, congratulations on winning the um, damn. Do they call it the Tour Championship in that movie? Tour. What'd they call it? I can't remember. Congratulations on your gold jacket. One and done. Must burn two. Rom and Palmer. Homa Gooch burns Billy Ho. Already used Cantlay. Yeah, I think you should just burn Homa and Gooch. Burning two is really hard to take a stud in. Um, Just do Homa and Gooch. For DFS purposes, is Zurich harder to get golfers through the cut than others? Um, Yes and no. Listen, I mean, the, the six of six question, I get this question a lot and, um, you know, you should go check out cut sweats at cut sweats on Twitter. It's run by Nelson Adcock. He does a great job of this. It shows you throughout the week, how many lineups are getting through it, it. I have found it is not easier or harder to get guys through. It's generally the same. It is just uh, the six of six percentage is always driven by if the chalk gets through. So this week, if you're looking at the chalkiest guys and if, if uh, so, here's the thing if Doug Gim and Justin Suh, if John Rahm and Ryan Palmer, if Matthew Neesmith and Chase Seifert, and if EVR and Clark, and I'll throw in Homa and Gooch, if those five teams make the cut, the six of six number is going to be huge, right? It's going to be like 15, 20%. Uh, if one or two of those teams miss the cut, it's going to be like 1%. So it just it matters more about 
uh, if the chalk is getting through. Rick, are you playing your normal amount of lineups this week? Um, I generally play the same amount every week. I'll play, uh, in theory, the $200 single entry. Uh, I've I've gotten away from playing the 20 max birdie. I got to get back into playing that. And then um, sprinkling some of those lineups into the uh, whatever the big resurgence or whatever it is. So I generally don't deviate from that just because I'm always kind of playing the same amount anyway. Um, and I think that, yeah, I, I, I so the, the other, the other point here from DFS chef is he says, I understand why DK never, never ran contests for this before. Yeah. I think that most people are using this for a bye week I don't like that, especially for like me, like me personally, like if I'm going to cover golf, uh, I'm going to cover golf every week. Like there's a PGA tour happening. I like it. I think there's strategy involved in it. I'm going to go after it. So like, I want to be a part of it. So I, I understand why people want to break. It's a lot of golf. Um, we've got another great run of golf tournaments coming up. We're less than a month out from the PGA championship. We're going to go back to Valspar next week. Then we've got what after Valspar Wells Fargo. I mean, we're in the midst of a good one here. So I, I get it. I get it. Hey, Rick, I ran the optimizer this morning and it gave me three players, but with their partners. <laughs> um, did I do something wrong? I I hope so, because when I was testing it, so if you use, so there's two things. If you use the lineup optimizer, it was preloaded where one golfer had was zeroed out. If you change the inputs, now it's on you. <laughs> so if you change the inputs, that would, that would, uh, change it. Otherwise, email me. I'd have to look into it. Oh, what did you think of my trade offer in the Fantrax League? So I saw this. I saw this on my phone. I, f- I meant to go log in on, on Fantrax. I don't think I liked it, Manny. Um, I think it was me giving up Matthew Wolf, and it was me giving up, and I was getting Harris English in return, and then there were two other players. I didn't... I'm happy to give up Wolf. I didn't like the Harris English in return. Can Wolf... Speaking of, can Morikawa carry Wolf this week? I don't know, man. I sure hope so. Here's the problem. And again, this is not a, this is not a new problem. I've been track. We've been tracking this on this channel for months now. Wolf's best weapon has not been there. Uh, he has been hemorrhaging strokes off the tee, which if he had that, th- this would be arguably the most formidable team. If we got Wolf in this stretch of golf and, Morikawa in his current stretch of golf, but that's not what we have. And if Wolf puts Morikawa in some really awkward spots off the tee, this is going to get bad in a hurry. Uh, there is part of me that from a, a non-statistical standpoint thinks that Wolf needs this. I think he needs to just have somebody share half of the blame, share half of the upside, needs something to break the stretch that he's on, but I am not optimistic, Ken. Brant says it's snowing in Wisconsin. Oh boy. Hang in there, bud. I need a 6,200 or a $6,300 team to fit my lineup. Ooh, Whaley and Gligic. Interesting. Somebody else asked about Whaley and Gligic, I think. I don't love them. I think they're, listen, you could, this is like the only time you could pretty much argue any team. You could pretty much argue. I would be a bit partial to Malnati and Baker. Um, that's probably it. That's probably it. Or just stick with Whaley and Gligic. From my analysis, says Drew, there's no way to get Cantlay, Rom, Mori, or Cam groups, okay, without a below 7K or two. So what 
criteria is crucial down there. Uh, I would say birdies. May go make birdies. Here, let me give you an example of this. So th- I know this guy is not. Um, I know that he is not that cheap. But let me give you some good examples. And you can go to the Holy Grail and you can sort by all the rounds that these guy play, guys play. Sam Burns is like perfect for this format. So I'm just going to sort by his 2021 season and look at his uh, strokes gain total in rounds. He has gained at least four strokes in a single round. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. That's a lot. Now, he is going to offset those with a lot of rounds where he loses a lot of strokes. That's okay. Your partner's there to save you for that. So um, I really like these super volatile guys. That's what I would look for, especially down in that range. Um, Oh, I just lost my spot. Sorry. Oh, I think I found it. What are your thoughts on Joel Damon and Lonto Griffin? So I like both of these guys kind of individually. Let's see how they kind of fit together here. Because I thought they were reasonable last time I saw them. They are priced at... See, the problem is I don't know whose name is first now. How much are these guys? Am I just completely whiffing? Okay, so here we go. I'll just sort by name. Lonto and Damon, right? Here we go. Joel Damon. Uh, Okay, so what I like about them is even together, so combined strokes gained, they are basically positive in every single category. That is going to be critical. They are going to be very low owned. Um, We know Lonto specifically can get hot with the putter. He can get hot with his irons. Damon, who's just coming off that win a couple of weeks ago, that was kind of a, that that was kind of a surprise. He had not played well before that win, but these two, they do. I mean, mean, so let's do this. They gain about a half a stroke together. That puts them right in the Max Homa, Chris Kirk, Brendan Todd area. It's better than Sung Jay and Benny on. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty solid group, Frank. I don't mind it. Thoughts on season five, episode one of Rick and Morty. Um, I have not seen it. I've never really watched this. I, I watched it for like three days once. Um, and then I don't know what happened. Sorry. I wish I could tell. I wish I could help. Who are your top three fades this week? Oh man. It's really scary to fade guys this week, but I think in general, um, the female champ group, terrifies me. I I think that they are too similar. I don't think that champs game is good enough. And anytime that Finau is your best putter, that's scary. So I'm worried about that team. I'm worried about the Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson team. They are six and two in Ryder cups together, which I think people are going to like their household names, which I think people are going to like the Rose played well at the masters, which I don't want to take away from him, but it was really all one round. It was, he had a historic round on Thursday and played what two, three over par the rest of the week, um, finished seventh. And that's a place where you can rekindle a lot of magic based on experience. I don't, I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors for how those guys have been playing. So I'm probably out on those guys. The other team, I don't know. Um, there, I mean, you could make a case for anybody. I told you I'm not, I'm pretty cool on Sung Jay and Benny on, right? Like that, that team, I think they're like, I'm like a four out of 10 on. So that's it. <clears throat> Currently first in my one and done. Should I burn Palmer? Yes. So the great, great Maddie Matt, or Matt, I don't know if we're friends enough to call you Maddie. Um, 
yes, if you are front running and you have Palmer available and you do not also have to burn John Rahm, you should just burn Palmer. Absolutely. <laughs> John checking back in. I'm finally getting back to the answer. Uh, we're talking about the outlaw golf set. Watched all of that. Uh, so lost with no DFS. That's funny. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate the support. Does the winner of the Zurich qualify for the Masters? No. So the way they do this is they make the purse of FedEx Cup points a little bit larger. So it's 800, but those guys split it. So each winner gets 400. Each winner is going to get about a million bucks. Each winner is going to get a two-year exemption. And each winner is going to get a an invite to the players and to the tournament of champions. They're not going to get a Masters invite. Um yeah, I think that's it. It's, I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty big deal. Like to get a team event and to, and to both of them get a two year exemption, like it's a big deal. Torn between Homa and Gooch or Sung Jay and on, I would probably just take Homa and Gooch. What is in your cup, Rick? No, it is not five o'clock yet. I'm on my second cup of coffee. This is, uh, I, sometimes it's water. I was struggling this morning up early doing a little first cut action. We had Dottie Pepper on the show. That was fun. Um, so I'm on, I'm on coffee number two, Charlie. What team is the best combination of putters? Wow, Drew. Good question. And I have the answer for you. So we can do this a couple ways. We can just do this where this is like uh long-term form. We can just sort by putting and we can find that Chris Kirk and Brendan Todd are combined. Now, remember, uh, Brendan Todd is about all of that. Now, Chris Kirk is about a, a zero putter. Brendan Todd is a one. So they're about 0.4 together, obviously a little bit different, or we can go last 50 rounds. I love, I I love this site. I know it's my own site and I know that I make it and I should love it, but like, I actually do really love it. Um, last 50 rounds. Okay. Still Kirk and Brendan Todd. They are at a half a stroke there. Then you get Billy Horschel and Sam Burns again. Horschel is probably the majority of that. Hadley and Martin Hovland and Ventura, Shoffley and Cantlay. And then, uh, the South Africans, Louis and Charles. I guess are tied with Scott Brown and Kevin Kisner. Armina picked uh, Hatton and Willett, which is a good pick. <clears throat> I don't know how the LPAGA. Oh, I lost my spot. Doesn't try to make an event similar to this. Okay, so they, there were rumors of this for a while, right? They were going to do. They were going to do like mixed doubles. So it was going to be a, a, a PGA Tour player and an LPGA Tour player. They never made it happen. There was also going to be, or I guess they did this on the European Tour where they ran, or maybe it wasn't the European Tour. Well, maybe it was. They ran the events simultaneously, right? So the women were out there with the men. They were playing the holes at the same time. They had different leaderboards. That was kind of cool too. I don't know. I think I think that I'm, I'm shocked the PGA Tour has not worked closer with the LPGA to do something like that. Uh, Steve says, appreciate your work. Thank you. What price range do you find yourself starting your lineups in? Um, well, my personally, so let me pull up the cheat sheet here and get this sorted correctly. I've, I've focused on probably the low 10 K area. I think that's kind of the natural starting point. Um, but there are certainly some teams I actually wanted. I actually made a lineup where I started with right here because I don't build them. I build them like the, the, the team that I can't resist the most. And I started one with uh, Warinsky and Uline. I'll go down with that ship. That's fine. Uh, do me a favor while you're here. 
takes five seconds. Hit the like button. That is much appreciated. It goes a long way for me. Costs you nothing. It is a win-win-win. <laughs> Fun question. I know mathematically it doesn't matter which member of your team you roster. That is correct. But do you have any superstitious belief? <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, I did not click Keegan. I clicked Brendan Steele in a lineup because I was like, I'm not picking Keegan. I'm just not. Like, I play him a lot, but I just didn't. Because what I'll also do is I'll take the guys that I play a lot, and then I'll go to the like the PGA Tour leaderboard or the PGA Tour app, and I'll favorite those guys. And I it makes me nauseous sometimes to have to favorite Keegan, so I clicked Steele. So, yes, it is def- I definitely picked my favorite of the pair to put into the roster. Do you think Woody Austin and Rocco Mediate make the cut this week? Uh, if they do, it would be an accomplishment bigger than anything Tiger has ever done. Uh, no, that is obviously an exaggeration, but they are. I don't even know if I have any data on them. I thought I saw, I thought I had data on them somewhere. Hold on. They were so. Oh no, I don't even have any data on those. I was looking at some. I mean, it's just their combined age is like a hundred and eight or something like that or 112 no if they do i would be incredibly impressed i lost my spot found it half of the holes are played in each format but are more strokes are more strokes there to be gained in the alternate shot should good alternate shot team play be worth more than half the model Interesting. Hmm. So the scores will be higher in alternate shot, but that doesn't necessarily mean there are more strokes to be gained there. But I do think it is the, the format that will provide a larger range of outcomes, which I think is of note. The only problem is um, we don't have any information on these guys playing alternate shot. Maybe on a handful of these guys, the, Cantlay Shoffley team, the Rose um, Stenson team, the Louis Charles team, the I'm trying to think who else might have played together. Cam Smith and Leishman didn't play together in the President's Cup. Um, there's just not a lot of data on it, but I, I see what you're saying. Alternate shot will be important. I don't I don't know how that would factor into the into a model. Any thoughts on the electric team of Barnrat and Batia? Well, though they're not teammates. So that's Akshay's partnered with, with Scott Piercy and Kiridat Afi Barnrat. I don't even know who he's partnered with. So, uh, that is not a team. <clears throat> Do you think there'll be a big overlay? Yeah. So, um, I didn't think there was going to be sheer dog, sheer dog, share dog, but, um, cause these contests came out so early, but you're right. They are filling up very slowly. Listen, DraftKings doesn't make money hand over fist because they have overlay. I think they'll figure out a way to do these, but I'm just kind of looking here really quickly. Uh, they got 16 hours left. They'll fill these. I think they'll fill them. It's taken a while, but they'll fill them. Uh, first man in a bullet lineup, it was Uline. I put Uline in first. If you had to pick one going with HV3, Grace, or Bradley and Steele. Okay, so I, I do kind of like this Keegan, Bradley, Brennan, Steele team. So let me just, let's just do this real quick. So we can do um, 
Keegan, we know, right? Keegan is the most on-brand golfer that we have on the PGA Tour. He is uh, terrible with the putter, and he's awesome from tee to green. In fact, he is sixth in approach. He's eighth in tee to green. He hits a lot of greens in regulation, as you can imagine. All that good stuff. He can't putt. He's 194th. Brandon Steele, also, he's like a worse ball striker than Keegan, but he's still pretty good. And he is a bad putter, but not as bad as Keegan, but, but guys, the argument here is Steele's been a lot better recently. He's gained strokes putting in three consecutive events, which is something he hasn't done. He did it once in July of 2020. And I mean, it was, it was smaller numbers, but he did it again in June of 2019. That's about it. He's not a very good putter. So if he can, if we can marry those two things, uh, I think they'd be good. So I, I probably prefer this, the, uh, Keegan Steele team. <clears throat> but do they win influencer points? That's awesome. Marcus says, Hey Rick. Hey Marcus. I admit your mic is awesome. Why? Thank you, Dan. This is the road podcaster. Is there any competition between you and the other first cut guys? Listen, they cannot beat the podcaster. Uh, they have pod mics, which are, it's actually, theirs are newer. I don't know if they're better. Theirs are newer. It's the new technology. Mine's probably five or six years old. Still works really well. I like it. I will use it until I no longer podcast. Your website is a work of a data genius. You are the goat, Rick. Wow, Tyler, I needed that. Thanks, brother. Um, If you had to go with one, HV3, Grace, Bradley, uh, probably, okay, so for those just listening to this, HV3 and Grace, Bradley and Steele, or Tringale and Castro, probably still, Bradley and steel. I'd probably go HV three and grace second and Tringali and Castro third. <laughs> My wife is now in the chat. She said, get a man who loves you as much as Rick loves his own website. That's true. Um, I feel like everyone is passing up on Xander and Cantley. is okay. So this is a good question. So, um, and this is going to take a couple of minutes, so I apologize in advance. We've got we've got time left. Get your I'm almost caught up on on questions, so get your questions in. I'll answer them. So uh, there is not a a very positive sentiment towards Cantlay and Xander this week, and I partly understand it. Patrick Cantlay has been incredibly popular for two weeks, and he has burned us for two straight weeks. Let's do a deeper dive on Patrick Cantlay, and please don't throw tomatoes at me. But we have to do this. Um, and I'm going to go round by round because I think that's important here. So here are the events that he has burned us. The Masters, which again, this is unofficial data, but I trust it, um, loses 3.6 strokes on approach on Thursday. That's horrible. Also loses to putting. His Friday round at the Masters was better. He lost strokes in general, but he was a positive off the tee. He was positive around the green. He was a, a terrible putter again. So then we go to RBC Heritage. Things getting a little bit better. I mean, he missed the cut at RBC Heritage and was just below average. Um, his his Friday round was actually the best round he's had in that four-round stretch because he gained off the tee and he gained on approach. So it's getting better. And then any way you want to slice this, right? However you want to slice this. Um, let's just do, man, let's do, you know, 20, 2020 to 2021 strokes gain tee to green. 
Uh, Patrick Cantlay is up there. You want to do more recent, you just want to do 2020. Patrick Cantlay is up there. If you want to do just since the start of uh, the calendar year, so let's just change this to 2021, Patrick Cantlay is up there. Uh, Pete Dye courses, Patrick Cantlay is up there. So like, it's going to take a lot for the model to move off of him. The other narrative that I've heard, which I do not believe to be correct, is that um, people are like, oh, Xander hasn't played all that well. Which, come on, like, I I guess, maybe by his own high standards, Xander hasn't played that well, but he just nearly won the Masters, right? Like, I know maybe he wasn't, like, close to winning it, but he finished third at the Masters. He didn't make it out of the match play, which you can write off. That's fine. He missed the cut at the players, which everyone missed the cut at the players. And then, like, is he made the top 25s in 15 straight tournaments. I don't... I do not buy the narrative that Xander is not playing well. Can't lay. I understand. I do not buy the Xander stuff. Um, if you are playing a game theory option, you might want to go with this team because I have them coming in at 13%, about 5% less than Rom and Palmer. I spent 10 minutes last night, superstitiously putting preferred players into my DK lineups. Exactly. I agree. Oh, Boy, <clears throat> I heard a caddy say the reason Batia and Pierce, uh, Piercy got together, it's Scott Piercy, was stat related. Well, good thing we have the stats. Let's look. Um, I can do this, I can just go to the regular cheat sheet and we can find Akshay and Scott Piercy. They are. A price that I don't know. Here they are. They're sixty nine hundred bucks. Um, I would argue that's not necessarily true. I mean, they both lose strokes overall, right? So I'm assuming you guys can see them. They both lose about a quarter of a stroke overall. Uh, I guess maybe no. They both lose strokes putting. They both are slight gainers on approach, unless they were trying to find someone who was very similar to them, which I don't think that's the right reason, Sam. Um, that doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe. Uh, maybe Scott Piercy went deeper into the stats and figured this out. I don't know about that. Um, yes. So John says, why is no one using Tringale and Castro? They don't like them. Castro doesn't, no one knows who Castro is. Tringale is not all that sexy. I think they're a fine team. I, I think you have to understand Castro is a uh, small sample size guy. Tringale has been awesome. What is the nickname of the Redmond Gaming team? Ooh, both end in man, first of all. Uh, and do they find the magic to make the cut? Not with my help. So Doc would have to find the magic there. But our team name would be... I'll have to think about that. I don't know. <clears throat> in a one and done where you only burn one of the two guys is picking Palmer, the obvious pick. Yeah, for sure. So there was someone in the Slack made a really, a, a really uh, funny comment. I wish I knew who it was. I don't remember said um, it, it, it's like a coupon. You buy Palmer, get Rom for free, which is like perfect. And, and Palmer has been, this is the best version of Palmer we've seen uh, since he finished, since he won this with Rom, since he, since he finished in the top five, with Spieth, this is a really good version of Palmer. And especially if you're front running, if you're front running and you only have to burn one guy and you're not playing Palmer, you're probably doing it wrong. 
Who is the top ball striking team in the tournament? I have that. I have that handy. So let's call ball striking. What do you want to call it? Do you want to call it approach? So approach would be Morikawa and Wolf. Obviously Morikawa handling the bulk of that. Neesmith and Seifert. Then Shoffley, Cantlay, Castro. There's that name again. And Tringale are fourth. And then Glover and Chez Reeve. If you want to call it Tita Green, which we could argue, Xander Cantlay, Ron Palmer, Finau Champ, uh, Watson, Scheffler. That's an interesting group. And then Morikawa and Wolf. So there you go, Jacob. Hope you enjoy. Okay. What else do we have here? I've answered a lot of these. Oh, was it you, Sheerdog? Good joke. Very good coupon joke. I appreciate that. I've used it twice now. Uh, Best putting team in the tournament. I guess we're just going to do the best teams in the tournament. All right. Kirk and Todd, Horschel Burns, X and Cantlay. There you go. All right. I'm at the end of the questions. So I'll take a sip of my coffee. Uh, I've got about three minutes to go. Whatever you want to talk about. I'll just, I'll, I'll hang here for a second, see if anything comes through. If not, I'll just end it now. We'll see. While I'm thinking about it, hit the like button. I'm at the end of the questions. I don't think this has ever happened. Uh, I might've skipped a couple. Let's see. Got to go back to work. Thanks for the distraction. <laughs> Maybe I should go back to work. All right. I guess that's it. I guess we're done here. Um, listen, here's here's the thing. It's a fun week. Enjoy it. There's going to be a lot of low scores, especially in the best ball. Um, on your way out, hit the like button. That goes a long way for me. I don't know. Enjoy the golf, guys. It's a lot of fun. I, I hope you have a blast. Later.